are your friends? Who do you speak to about love, life and everything else that entails? I'm Kirsty Fitzpatrick and I'm 20-something and this is my friend Jen Saderhelm. She's 40-something. Despite, or maybe in fact, of our 20-year age gap, we've come to seek each other out for advice and feedback. We're more connected than you think and that's why we've started this podcast, 2040, Celebrating Friendship Across Generations. Season 3, Episode 12, In Common. Kirsty, this has been an ongoing thread in my life and I think it's going to be the theme of my 2021 about whether or not we should be around people who have lots of things in common with us or whether or not we should we benefit from people who don't. And I mean this also in terms of our relationships, our partners that we choose in life. I feel like my husband and I have not a lot in common. And I wonder sometimes if that's the reason for the longevity of our relationship because I don't bring work home to him. He doesn't bring work home to me. They're separate. And to be really honest, we did a course together through the Canberra Innovation Centre maybe two years ago. And part of that was that I had to be able to speak to what my husband did for a living in 30 seconds. And I can tell you, I could not have done it before that. Now, he tells me about it, but I didn't even know his job title, couldn't have told you what he did for a living. And I got to the end of the course and I was like, look at me, I can actually now articulate what my husband does for a living, which I couldn't. And interestingly also then, I had a conversation with a guy, a really wonderful conversation with a guy recently around this topic. And he said two things to me. He could not conceptualize that any woman would go on Tinder to find a friend. He was like, why would you want to talk? And I was like, well, that's what women do. We we need to talk mm-hmm. to find a spark, to forge a friendship before we'll even think about starting a relationship. We don't go in there going, hey, he's hot, let's just go for it. It's yeah. got to have an emotional connection. And then he said to me, it's not to do with whether you've got something in common with someone or not. It's whether you're at the same point in your life. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think that there's the biggest amount of truth in that is that the person you are really well paired with is someone who is at that same point. And this comes particularly down to whether you want children, whether you want career as a focus, and then later in life when it gets to later relationships, let's say your children are grown, let's say you've both lost a spouse or something like that. They're things that you have in common, but they're not, they're external things you have in common, but they're not things you've got in common in terms of common interests. Yeah. And I really want to unpack this because I actually feel like if I was on Tinder, hypothetically, of course, you go onto Tinder and you want to find the person who likes the same music and wants to go to concerts and all these sort of things. But actually, that's not the basis for a relationship. So I wonder sometimes if it's those frank Tinder profiles of like, I'm second marriage, got young kids, important to me that you can deal with those things that you would never put on there. It's more about where you are in life. And I want to ask you your feelings on this because at the moment you're in a relationship, but I know you're in a world where you've got friends who are single, trying to find love and it's tough. Hmm. And whether or not your experience is that we're better suited with the person we have in common with or with differences? This is a really interesting conversation and quite a tricky question because I'm thinking about a few different people. One of my friends is in a relationship with a guy that I feel like they are two peas in a pod. They could be the same person, same kind of personality, sense of humour. They are interested. They have very common interests in things, but in terms of a 
relationship in terms of like marriage and kids and moving in together, I think they might be on slightly different pages. And that's really important. Yeah, those things are really important. But I think maybe they're still figuring that out. I think maybe one of them has an idea of when they want those things and the other doesn't. Or if they want those things and the other knows that they do and yet their interests and who they are and personality-wise, I see them as such a great fit. So that's interesting on one side of things. However, I have another girlfriend, completely different scenario, virtually the opposite. She is quite set on wanting, you know, marriage and kids and that sort of thing. And I think her partner is the same. But locally, I suppose, I don't think they have that much in common. I don't Mm. think their interests are particularly in common with one another but they both want the same thing at the end of the day and their relationship is a totally different dynamic altogether Mm. like I look at them and don't go oh they're two peas in a pod but my first girlfriend I go absolutely they're two peas in a pod Mm. I had a discussion with someone in our industry saying that they would never get together with someone in our industry because one it would just be competitive and really difficult because you are always talking about work always and it's actually one of the nice things about my own relationship is that that conversation I always get to have with someone else outside of home except for you know big decisions etc and I get that I get that but yet so many relationships start in the workplace because you're doing the same thing and you're together all the time and that's how it starts Mm. so you often end up with that person who you are working alongside or working in the building or premises of and certainly in our media industry we see a lot of fallen apart relationships on the highway of life as it were I mean there's no magical formula and it's even harder and especially as marriage and staying together is not as big a thing now from a younger person's point of view I'm just fascinated into if you meet a new friend girlfriend what is usually the things that make you go oh I really like that Uh, this is hard I think for me that is where it more comes down to politeness and kindness and coming from a good place and having kind of core values and morals more than interests like I'm a hard worker and I want to learn and I want to I want to learn from other people and I'm always interested in what other people can give to me and what experience they can give to me and I gravitate towards those sorts of people I do not gravitate towards entitled people who think they know everything when they really don't and they act like they do that really annoys me and I don't want to be friends with those sorts of people Mm. I gravitate to people who are passionate about things because I'm passionate about things people that can understand sacrifices you've made in life and that they've done the same again not these people that just have everything served to them on a platter obviously I think you always gravitate towards people that you work with because if you weren't friends with anyone in your workplace they might have a bit of a sad day (laughs) at work so I have friends in my workplace that I obviously and then I've got friends outside of my workplace but like outside of my workplace a couple of my girlfriends are mums and I'm not a mum so we don't have that in common at all and I couldn't even begin to imagine elements of their life but we're still really good friends so it doesn't alter it's not like our life situation alters our friendship yeah people that I can laugh with and and people that we can have fun conversations with and people that are open to new life situations and that's I know I think that's a very valid point I'm going to come back to that in just a moment I read a article that my mum gave me of all things about a female couple they're a couple but they're not in a sexual relationship and neither would call themselves lesbians but they've been living together for maybe 15 years anyway 
the article asked all these fabulous questions and I was really delighted because, again, it's thinking outside of my own scope of experience because they'd moved in together because they were friends first. They both had boyfriends. Boyfriends left the scene, one of them really horrible situation, so one of them had nowhere to live. And then they just stayed living together and they loved their conversations and it excited them and they couldn't wait to get home and cook and talk about their days. And as time went on, they just realised that this is how they wanted to stay. However, both of them have had male relationships since then, but they've never worked out. And the interviewer asked the question of, do you think that you're impeding your this woman you're living with from actually meeting her life partner through you not liking some of them or something like that? Because you do. When mm. you're invested in someone, that, that can be a conscious or a subconscious thing. And she was saying, I don't think I do. I think if they met their forever life partner, I could be okay with that. But then at the same time, she said that this person had had um, breast cancer scare. And she said that the feeling that she could lose mm. this woman was so gutting that she could not function. Mm. So all of this I found really fascinating about what is a different kind of relationship to what I'm used to. And I want to talk about my friend Kim, who I met here in Canberra, and she's the only person in my world who I've done this because I read an article about her in a paper. I thought she's got all those things that you just described. She's kind. She's doing good things in the community. She's actively involved. She's highly intelligent. So I, I thought she's the kind of person I want to be friends with. So I sent her a message. We had a coffee and we clicked. And I haven't seen her for a while. We've actually taken to spending Christmas together because she hasn't got a lot of family here. We didn't this year because of circumstances that meant that she felt from a COVID point of view she best not. So we caught up. And I was sitting with the benefit of hindsight after we spoke And what I like about her, why I value her and I consider her one of my really closest friends is because of the interactive nature of our conversations that I don't have with many of my friends. I have this beautiful luxury of this podcast with you, but we'll be sitting there and we'll be talking about something and she'll say to me, how does that make you feel? Hmm. What, What did you think about that? And she asked me the questions that nobody else actually outside of my partner would ask. Would ask. Mm -hmm. And I love that because I feel like that's the kind of extra level of friendship that I like yeah and in people that really stimulate me she has that extra empathy questioning whatever it is and I find our conversations at the end of it I'm always like god I love her I'm so glad we caught up and I I don't think I articulate enough how close I feel to this woman even though we don't see each other all that much because I think she brings out something that not a lot of people do. Yeah, that's interesting. I think it is important to have things in common in that it helps you understand each other. Like we've just been having a conversation off air about how about work and how sometimes our friends that don't work in the industry that we work in don't understand when something is a big achievement or they don't recognise that that might be a big deal to you. So, you know, you don't have that in common, but it doesn't mean that you're any less friends. And I think it's also, for me, I think maybe about an honesty and a trust, if I can trust somebody I've known a couple of people who I've always thought were were fine and then they've said things to me about other people that I've just gone I wouldn't be comfortable calling you a friend you're a nice enough person but I don't want to be close to you because I just think you're a little bit untrustworthy and I can imagine that you would go behind my back or or other people's back and and say things just you Mm. know and and I can pick up on that on people quite quickly now I don't Mm. know why and there's one person in particular that I'm really thinking about that I I think (laughs) I used to be much better friends with than I am now and and now I listen to some of the things that they say and I just go nuts 
you bitch about this person in particular behind their back and then five seconds later you're worried about them not sending you a message kind of thing like it's it's just not genuine Mm. so coming back to what you were just saying about your friendship group because it's something for me as well and it's something that we discuss separately you and I discuss separately to many of the other relationships that I have but Kim also is that person who when we start the conversation she's like where are you working so how often are you working what other work are you doing are you enjoying it and what would you like to get out of this year Mm. and their questions I really want to be asked yes yeah but my mum group of friends no yeah it doesn't mean that they're not doesn't mean they're not interested it's just not the same it's not interests. the same conversation yeah. ever yeah yeah no I'm the same I'm the exact same and I've got one good friend of mine Ellie who we get along like a house on fire about everything you know like we always have a great time we always have a good laugh we know quite a lot about each other now so it's not always just work conversations but we also work together and I know that she's been working on a few projects and I'm at the stage now where I'm like you should do this I've had this idea what about contacting this person or do this or do that and I get like joy out of hoping that she'll get the success in what she's looking for but again I think it comes down to understanding the industry and understanding what Mm. I do but I just want to come back to when you spoke at the beginning where you said you were able to kind of say what your partner does in 30 seconds my partner works in construction I work in news and television they couldn't be more different if you tried one is so communications focused getting a message across telling people stories the other is nothing like that at all it's like getting a job done so to speak building a kitchen building a house whatever it is and I mean obviously communication is important in that but it's totally different and yet I know quite a lot about his work because I I'm interested and I listen and I want to know kind of what work he's doing and I could tell you his title and I could tell you his work colleagues names and I could tell you where in Canberra he's working on particular jobs and stuff at the moment so I know quite a lot about it but the industries are completely different one thing I will say when it comes to in relationships, in friendships, is it important that you have someone that understands your work and your common interests is that a couple of times when we've been in my relationship, when we've been thinking about longer term, like moving or where we might want to settle down or that sort of thing. Because of the industry we work in, being media, it's very difficult, A, to find a job, B, to stay in a job because media is shrinking, industries are shrinking, redundancies are all over the place, companies are folding, COVID obviously hit media very hard as well. And I must say that is one industry that is not spoken about when we talk about the effects of COVID. Mm. It's all retail, it's all hospitality, it's all tourism. What about the media industry? Don't forget about that. And and I think people forget about if the media industry folded, nobody would know anything because it's Mm. how we tell you what's going on in the world. Very important. I'm have a few times sort of had the conversation with my partner where he's like, oh, but, you know, you could you could just work elsewhere. You know, you could work in retail or public service or do this for a little bit. And I'm like, but I don't want to do that. Mm. So I feel like having someone who understands your work, it can be quite important. But it's very easy, I think, for people who don't understand your interests or your job to say, for example, if you played sport in a particular area and, and there weren't those sorts of opportunities to excel in sport in Sydney, but there were in Canberra, people would just say, well, just move to Sydney. Who cares? Because they mm. don't understand the opportunities yep. or the, the situation. And you, the, what you also said in that, that's really true. I, I have worked in retail. And when I was working in retail, my heart wanted to be doing radio, right? And it's very easy because a lot of people will be like, well, you can just go back into retail. And when people say that to me, it's like a little dagger in the heart yeah. because, I mean, I actually I do work you in do, retail. Yeah. But it's 
different. Yeah. And I'm doing both. So I've got bucket filled either way. But that's so hard because you come into things where you just something matters so much to you, but because they're not in your sphere of experience or they just don't get it. And it can be really hard not to take that personally. Yes. And it's been a battle with some of my friends over this holidays because there's been a very big focus on kids and going away and pets and all this sort of stuff. And I've still been working and trying to focus on what I'm going to do next year. And I'm so career focused, Kirsty. I am valuing, I think, probably more the friends who are on that page. But then this is also interesting because I obviously have different things in common with different friends and I speak with them differently. Yeah. Do you too? Yes, I will certainly talk to different people about different things. And there's some people that I can say, here's my mental dilemma of if I do this, I worry I have to give up this. Or if I want to do this, I worry that I'll give up this. If I want to have kids, I worry I'll have to give up my career. And people go, don't be stupid. It's 21st century. That's not the case. And it's like, but you don't understand the industry. It's not Mm. about, it's almost like you have to excel in the industry, become valued enough that when you leave it to go on maternity leave or to take a break from work or to travel or something, you you need to have that certainty that you're going to be able to come back to it. And I don't have that because mm. it's just the industry. It's just the way the industry moves. And so sometimes when I say that, people don't so – they can't understand that. They're like, it, don't think of it that way. Go and have kids. If you want to have kids, you will find a job. But it's not about just finding a job. It's about keeping a career going. So there are some people that I can have that conversation with that 100% know what I'm talking about and others that don't. Yeah, and – One of the other things that now that I'm five years on from it, when I hit 40, I had a a moment where a friend of mine died unexpectedly Mm. and she was the same age as me and I had that because she was also in the media, she was working for ABC, she'd done all these things and she'd been driving home from the Central Coast in Sydney, had a heart attack in the car, 38, she was 38 and I sat there and I had that real moment of that could be me and I've got to do more with my life. And Kirsty, the thing I've really discovered is that I thought this was a unique thing to me, but it's like the midlife crisis. Mm. I think that every woman has a moment in their 30s at some point where they have that whole, holy crap, I've got to do all this stuff and I've got to get it done now because we, not like my time's running out, although there was that essence to it, but just you, you've got almost like a use-by date career-wise, mm. right? So many industries you don't. I think there are some industries where there is so much security that you can go off and do whatever you want and know that you're going to come back into a role. And I can't associate with that because I wish I had that same sense of security. But I actually also think that that has a different side to it. Imagine you leave school, you train to become, let's say, a doctor. Mm. And we hear, we hear stories about this. They get to mid-30s, they've had their children or whatever, they go back to work as a doctor and think, this isn't what I want to do or be anymore. Yeah. And it's a massive epiphany. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that has really drawn me to some people is those other people who are at that point in their life where they're like, there's got to be more. Right. There's got to be more I can do and be and whatever. And I love that person. That's what I'm really drawn to at the moment. So that's this thing we have in common, but the actual career or whatever it is, it's the experience. And I would say at this point in time, one of my closest friends is my new work wife, (laughs) Caroline. Mm -hmm. And she said to me, she had a moment where the children were past that early stages. She was hanging out the washing, a sheet fell off the clothesline and landed in mud because it'd been raining. And she had a full on meltdown. Mm -hmm. And as she had the full on meltdown, she thought, 
are you serious? Are you serious, Caroline? I'm having a meltdown over my sheet on the line. This is not what my life's all about. So she went back to uni. And she's become like so. She she does book binding, and she's just done her dissertation and PhD. Wow! And this to her was because she'd not done any of this. It was a way of saying I've still got mountains to climb, things I can do. I want to find the things that value me. So she really resonates because that's mm. that same path, and I I hear that. I deeply connect to people who I suppose are at that point in life, and that does matter to me mm. probably more than the tangible things that we have in common yeah and see I come from it from a totally different perspective because I I haven't had any of that like I haven't even my thoughts are and I had this conversation with my girlfriend Liv who has an almost three-year-old I feel like as I said before like you've got to give up work to have a, a family and then how do you get back into a career or you have to give up family to get your career to a certain point and then it's 10 years down the track and you're mid-30s and you really wanted to have kids and you haven't how do you make it both fit mm. and the industry that I'm in as I was saying before I feel like it's very hard to find that line because it's almost like you have to get to a certain peak and then it's like you are offered opportunities galore and you then have the choice to say I'm gonna go and have kids but I've got all of these opportunities when I come back and that's very rare to find one of my <laughs> what my girlfriend Liv said to me she's like I feel like for me the pressure's off because I have a child already she's now back at uni studying she has got her whole life ahead of her with her beautiful daughter and I totally totally as soon as she said it, I went yes and you're so lucky like in the sense that you can do whatever you want be whoever you want go wherever you want study work wherever you want but you are lucky that you feel like the pressure's off because you've already had the baby Mm. and in the same sense She's now in the position where I was maybe four or five years ago where I was studying and that was really important. But I'm now in the position of it's kind of roles reversed. When she said, I feel like the pressure's off me because I've already done that. I've done the mother thing. I'm doing the mother thing. So whatever I do now is, is alongside that. For me, it's like, well, I feel like I've got to give one up to have the other. And this is the different journey. So I suppose I'm at the, there's got to be more that I can can do do, and be. Whereas you, and this comes back to what I think was probably the most resonating podcast we've ever done. You're choosing the right path. Yeah. And it's hard because you've got maybe three different paths, definitive paths in front of you. And by choosing any one of them, you feel that something else has to has give. Has to give. And I, and I hate that. That shouldn't mm. be live. I don't want to have to give one thing to have another thing. And it's not that I want it all. It's that you should be able to do the things that make you happy in conjunction with one another. But and those people who aren't walking that line with you will say to you, but it's fine. You exactly. Can and that's why it's hard. I am actually at the moment in a position where I'm looking at doing more studying because I'm fearful that I will not have the opportunities one day to get back into the career that I love so much that I want to have a backup. I want to be able to have skills that I've got in my pocket kind of thing. Mm. And like for someone who's 25 and has a degree and has done uni, I'm really shocked that that's now the way I'm feeling about things and know that a lot of people are like, what are you talking about? You're crazy. And so that's a conversation again that I can only have with certain people. Yes. And see, the different thing with having a baby is you can't do it for a six-month contract. Yeah, it's a life. It is, absolutely. So you, you just, once you make the commitment expectedly or unexpectedly to do so it's not a trial and that's where it's much harder I hear for you there's the study there's the family there's the career something always has to give Mm. 
I feel like the conversations about the family and the way the future might go are reserved more maybe to people that have already done it, like yourself, like my friend Liv, people that have kind of done that because otherwise you just get told, what are you talking about? You just find a job again afterwards. Mm. And then the conversations about, yeah, like study and doing different things or other common interests, that's a different group of people altogether. People that, because you know, you talk to some people who are. I mean, and I could never imagine going back to uni. I don't want to go back to uni like how I how I used to do it. I want to maybe study online or do something like that. But that's a totally different group of people because there's some who are like, oh god, I couldn't think of anything worse. And then there's other people who are really keen to upskill and keep learning new things all the time. I've really discovered that uh, again in our industry, we have so many people we encounter who we see from a superficial level, like politicians, some entertainers, and so on. And you start to realise that a lot of them are just like you and going through the same struggles. Mm. But we can underestimate it because, Kirsty, you seem really together. Mm. And this is such an outlet for the two of us to not be together for a moment or to discuss some of those things that we are thinking about in our head. And I imagine for a lot of people, they just look at you and think, well, you'll be fine. And they think because you give off that aura and then it's harder to actually opening their conversation up more with certain people is hard because you feel like in a bizarre way you're disappointing them by not being together when they think you are. And some people in your life, I'm presuming my life certainly, rely on me being together. So it's like if you fall apart, everything, it's like, oh, everything's now going to fall apart. Yeah. Yeah. I think the best thing about having people that you have different conversations with and have different interests in or different commonalities with is that you then kind of build an extended support unit for for different things. I think it's there are some people that you can talk to who will never understand the position you're in. There are other people who will understand it. And I think it's not so much about, oh, we both like the colour yellow and we both play netball in terms of having common interests I think it's more about those core values and morals and things that you you seek out in in a person like you seek out someone who's good and kind and trustworthy and loving and understanding and will listen and that's I think where the whole in common that's the things that I search for to have in common with friends I wonder how that'd look on a tinder profile yeah, yeah. See, so it sounds... But this is the thing, like, and ultimately, if I was to go on Tinder, I never have been. I hope I never will have to be. <laughs> Your, yeah. face. No. Your face. <laughs> but if I was to do that, what would it be? It would be, if, say if it was now, hypothetically, mid-20s, works in media, I like cooking, I like my friends. Yeah, like, what would I say about myself on a Tinder profile that is going to be like, I want to get to know that chick. Hardworking. I value honesty, kindness. But this comes back to that episode that we did, remember, (laughs) where it's like the three words for you. What are your three words? Conscientious. That was. But, like, I wouldn't even know where to start. And so that's why common interests, if me and, you know, Joe Bloggs down the road both played netball, that doesn't mean that we're going to be friends. You no. know, the same as there are people that I that are in the same industry as me that I'm not going to be friends with. Yeah. There are people that do the same kind of job or they're, they're journalists like I am that I'm not going to be friends with because it doesn't matter that we do the same thing. We don't have the basis of a friendship. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. There's definitely some pull towards what I know, but I also really value those people who show me things beyond my sphere of experience. Yes. Yeah. Which doesn't answer the question at all, but it was an interesting topic. Yeah. <laughs>
bit of a roundabout conversation. Yep. Let us know if you think you have to have things in common. That wraps up another episode of 2040, a podcast celebrating friendship across generations. You can contact Jen or I via our 20-40 Facebook page or email 20-40 at gmail.com. We love your feedback, thoughts, questions and ideas for future podcasts. Thank you for listening.